Happy Halloween and welcome back to the Die by the Sword podcast, Halloween special edition. So we thought we'd give you guys something new with a Halloween special and we're all here together to do this week's intro. Hey guys. Hey. Hello there. Howdy. So Gary, why don't you tell us about the awesome music that Midnight Syndicate provides for the show? Oh, well, you can find Midnight Syndicate and their awesome, absolutely ghoulish, well, maybe just the regular kind of music at MidnightSyndicate.com. And where do we find all those ambient sounds that we use? Well, if you're looking for spooky sounds or those regular ambient sounds, you can find them at YouTube.com slash Sword Coast Soundscapes. Mm, Sounds spooky already. So... If people want to like follow our show and like follow our social medias and stuff and find out about us, where do they go to find that? Hey, we have everything. We've got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even a Reddit. Okay. So it's really spooky if we don't have any merch. Do we have merch? Oh, we got merch. We got lots of merch and you can find that at diebythesordpodcast.com. And while you're at it, if you like this podcast, give us a rating at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I like the sound of that. And if you ever want to just reach out to us, contact us at diebythesordpodcast at gmail.com. All right, we ready to get into the spooky show? Yeah, Let's get good. it! Let's boo it! <laughs> I see what you did there. All right, let's get into it. Trick or treat! Happy Halloween! <laughs> What's up? Welcome to our Halloween special. <gasps> I'm scared. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but Halloween is my favorite time of year. Same. I mean, it leads into my favorite time of year. But yes, which is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving? Uh, no Christmas. Oh, okay. Oh. oh. Nobody likes Thanksgiving. <laughs> no. I mean, I like that one day where you get to eat anything you want. But besides that, I mean, yeah. And parades and <laughs> football and sleep. Absolutely. Praise Jesus. <laughs> I do love both those all things. The, all those sales on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Nope. <laughs> Not this year. Nope. <laughs> Not going uh, anywhere. They're, they're all stuck on the uh, on the ships. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody start swimming. We're going shopping. You know what's not stuck on the ships? Cash. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so, with it being Halloween, uh, just reminds me of, you know, like dressing up and trick or treating. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I used to love to do that. Yeah, me too. 
What was your favorite candy that you hoped you would get? Oh, I know mine already. Anything chocolate. I was just chocolate. Nothing specific. Just chocolate. Snickers. I mean, <laughs> Snickers, Reese's peanut butter cups. Um, a, uh, not so much Mars bars because they were just. Nope. No, they. Did you say they Mars bars? Nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like those or Three Musketeers or any of the things that are like Snickers, but nothing, no, oh, like, but less. Three Musketeers, though, are the bomb. Oh, you like, see, I like Snickers. I love, they're so fluffy. They float. They are fluffy. <laughs> he said they float. They float. And you know the commercials? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but what I can take or leave, Butterfinger. Ooh. See, I, I love Butterfinger. I hate that it gets stuck in my teeth. That. But I love Butterfinger. Yeah, I have a question for you though. They changed the formula of Butterfinger now, and they taste different. Do you like the old Butterfinger or the new Butterfinger? I like I, the they old. changed it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes, I don't think if I noticed. It, if you get it now, it's not as sticky, but it doesn't taste the same. Oh, oh. Hmm. So go, go in this this Halloween. Go and try some Butterfinger, and you could tell the difference. When did this change happen, sir? I was not notified. Because I love but <laughs> I love Butterfinger. Yeah, and I used to get them at work all the time, and then all of a sudden I was like, this tastes different. It's, it's yeah, but it like like he said, it do, it's not as sticky, but it's not not as sweet, huh? Phil, hmm. as a Simpsons fan, I figured Butterfinger be right up there. No, no, I'm not gonna <laughs> lay a finger on his Butterfinger. <laughs> um, I am, or the BBs or any of that. I am a Skittles and Starburst fan. <gasps> okay, what's your favorite color, mm-hmm. Starburst? You had to go pink, bro. Oh, see, I'm all I'm I'm pink all about red. Best. I'm red, red pink, okay. yellow. Red, red is good. As long as you don't say yellow, yellow's the worst. He did, though. Oh, yellow. I like <laughs> I yellow over yellow. orange. I, no, absolutely not. I trade yellow to anybody orange for any other color. Orange is garbage. Yellow is garbage. <laughs> I, I like all of them, but I prefer the reds. Yeah. Okay. Over over the pinks? But no, like the, the, the pink is my favorite of all okay. of them. Okay. Okay. Just, just making sure. But the reds in general. Okay. The red cherry, yeah, better. Yeah. Red is very good. Yeah. Like I, I like that they have a bag now that you can get that's just the reds and it's red the red and pink colors. They do absolutely. Just because they're the best. Again, why was I not informed of this? Do you see an orange and yellow bag? Get- Who be changing my car, car <laughs> my, my cookies? Gary's on Man. Amazon right now Man. searching for that. Man. He's like Ex- right. <laughs> get a ten pound bag delivered tomorrow. <laughs> that's right. One day shipping, baby. <laughs> bring it i think mine is probably i do love some of the fruit chew candies like the starburst and stuff but i think if i was to pick one it would be reese's peanut butter cups yeah 100 percent. if it's chocolate i I would agree with you on that too okay what's here's what's weird for me is like reese's always was easter candy halloween candy was always the mini mini snickers bars (laughs) and the mini milkway milky ways meaning Uh, that you ate always reese's in the egg form yeah okay you can get pumpkins and Christmas trees. <laughs> well, no, no yeah. he said he eats them at Easter. They were Easter candy, so he must have been eating. Yeah, it was the, more Easter candy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, my preference for the Reeses is when they're in those, like the the eggs or the pumpkins or the trees. I feel like that's the perfect ratio of chocolate and peanut butter for me. Because they have less chocolate, right? Yes, and more peanut butter. Have, that's a, yes. Yep. A ton of peanut butter. <laughs> yes. yes. Yep. <laughs> I agree with you on that. I bought. Let's face it. I'm here for the peanut butter candy. I bought the Reese's peanut butter peanut butter like in the jar, and man, I was so disappointed. It was not, it was basically regular peanut butter. Oh no! 
<laughs> well, wait. What, what, what did you expect is, it to be? The Reese's peanut butter, like that's in the peanut butter cups? The candy. Yeah, because it would be fluff. way sweeter. Yeah, yeah it would be like, uh, yeah, oh, yeah it, it'd probably be too much to put on a sandwich or really eat like a normal, like, like that, but that's what I really wanted. Oh, I did. Yeah. I would do that. I, I was going to say, I would do that anyway. <laughs> yeah. That, that bitch is going on. So, man. Some, like, just toast. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. Okay. When I was a kid, my mom made a candy and it was made from peanut butter and powdered sugar and uh, condensed milk. So, is that what Reese's peanut butter is? Was, was it close to that? Uh, it was closer to it. Reese's has more stuff in it. Than okay, because I've, I've wondered how to make it. And I I read somewhere where it was like mixing it with confectioner sugar and then adding something. And I was like, hmm, this seems doable. Well, that's what all, all of the um, uh, Oreo thing, uh, stuff is. It's it's confectioner sugar and some fat. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. That can, that can be, butter or something. That can be our first episode of <clears throat> Cooking by the Sword. There we go. <laughs> Today we're making Reese's pieces or uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah, we're not going to make any of the chocolate. We all like it. peanut yeah. butter. <laughs> what about those black and white striped things or Ooh. Chico sticks? Yes, love the little black and white stripe thingies. Both of those, I do like both of those. I do like Chico sticks. Chico sticks Sorry. is it, that's just a, a a butterfinger without the chocolate, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. Basically, yeah. So are you out on that, Philip? No, no, I, I like both of those things. Okay, so, you know what? I, I said peanut butter cups. I'm actually going to take that back because I do know my favorite candy, and most people find it, think it's gross. It's not candy corn, so don't worry. I'm not going to be nasty. Circus peanut? No, it's Almond Ew. Joy, and it's such a divisive candy. <laughs> see? Yes, see? <laughs> nope. Way better than Mounds. Yeah. Yes, Almond Joy. No. <laughs> I, I will trade you all day for my Almond Joys for other oh. other different candy bars. I would make that Same. trade. I used to... <laughs> In an instant. I used to get those like that would have almond joy and all a bunch of other stuff. I used to pick out all of the almond joy and put them on top so that they were the first ones out. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, but Philip, you didn't eat those Mexican uh, the Mexican candies when you were little the the coconut ones. Okay, so no, I didn't. Oh, okay, um, Mexico needs to up its candy game. <gasps> oh, I don't know. I don't want pralines marzipan. Are good man. I don't want pralines. I love right. pralines. I'm with you, John. I love I like pralines chicklets. too. I love me a praline. Pralines are good. You want chicklet? I don't like that little little uh, wooden circle with the goo in it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> nope. Got me on that. I have no idea what you're talking my, about. My my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what it's called, but is it is, is, not it, for is me. that the Duvaline? Is that that one? Probably. I don't, like I said, I don't remember what it is, but I don't know. I've seen a lot of YouTube videos where they sample the Mexican candy, and most of it looks really good, except for like they have the super spicy stuff. That's like it's either Ooh, it's either super chips. sweet or super spicy. <laughs> yeah, I do love I do like those. I mean, Lucas, mm-hmm. the old school Lucas. Yeah, it was just chili powder that you ate straight out of the bottle. <laughs> Ooh, it was so good. <laughs> it really was. I'm I'm disappointed though because. I think she may go this year, but my daughter's getting older, so she's 15, and uh, it's always great because she would go out trick-or-treating and basically do all the legwork and come back, and I'm like, well, <laughs> time for the dad tax. <laughs> time for the ta- there you go. Yeah. Let me check, okay, Let me so check your what candy. Age, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What age was it when you stopped trick-or-treating? I think it was about her age, about 15 or 16, somewhere in there, I think. 
I stopped at about 14. I was going to say I was younger yeah, than that. I, I think I was 13 or 14, yeah. I would say middle school is when you stop. Middle school is when you don't go out in a costume anymore. You know, it, and you just go up to their door. I think you're right. I was probably, I think I was probably a freshman in high school. Yeah. Yeah. I, I broke my leg in uh, junior high and uh, it, it was, it was that time of oh, year. No. And so there was no way that I could go trick or treating. And it was like, boomer. And after that, it was like, eh, no, it's okay. <laughs> Wait, don't you get to go to the front of the line if you're in a wheelchair? Right. You can just pull up. Excuse me. No wheelchair. Excuse me, sir. This man's disabled. That was a lot of steps to go with go with crutches. Nuh-uh. No, I ain't doing it. Yeah. Crutches are definitely no fun. Yeah. No, they're not. No. I've been on them way too many times. Oh. But you know who doesn't need crutches? Vampires. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, what if they don't have legs? Uh, they regrow them at night. Oh, like <laughs> oh, wait, wizards. they get to regrow? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's how that works. It might be. I don't know. I've, I've never had a vampire that lost its limbs. And welcome in the new vampire we're going to interview about missing limbs. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> welcome in, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> <laughs> He was turned last week. So. <laughs> well, I mean, the reason we're talking about vampires is we're not playing Pathfinder this week. That is right. Since we, oh yeah, since we are doing a Halloween special, we thought it would be fun to do a whole new gaming system that none of us really know that well. Wait, nobody. So this is going to be bizarre. Nobody told me. What are we doing? This will be <laughs> terrifying. But we are playing Vampire: The Masquerade Version Five. Yay! I've always wanted to play this. Dun, dun, dun. I don't say, Gary. Didn't you say this was one of your favorites? It is. So I, Vampire the Masquerade is the first RPG that I ever played. I was introduced to it when I was in maybe I don't know if it was high school or college. So I I very distinctly remember playing it when I was like nineteen, twenty, somewhere in there. Um. So twenty years no, ago, it it was high school. It was high school because I used to work at a haunted house and we played it there too. I got introduced to it in high school and it was one of the earlier editions of this. So this is version five now. And uh, a few like the clan names have changed and they've reworked some of, you know, the story a bit and some of the dice rolls and mechanics. So I will still be learning along with you guys. Well, I mean, you, you and I played this before, uh, but it was so such a long time. I don't remember hardly anything about it. Mm -hmm. I still want to say that was, that was one of the older versions when we played. All I remember is it was just D 10s. Yes. That is still a thing. So this still takes place in medieval times though, right? No, (laughs) no, it takes place in a medieval. Right. Exactly. (laughs) That's where we all work. We're we're all the knights. Yeah. (laughs) You're all teenagers and you all, (laughs) No, this uh, this does take place in the modern world. Okay, so we so we are in modern day Dallas. Then you are, yes. Because another cool thing about Vampire the Masquerade, it's part of the uh, World of Darkness system, and the World of Darkness coexists with our own world. What do I need to roll to go to the way. Lizard Lounge on a Sunday night <laughs> 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 to go to the church? Funny you should uh, say that. Well, you would, <laughs> Well, now you would have to roll um, a time travel check because the church doesn't exist anymore. You know, actually, 
they they moved. They're in a different uh, uh, location now. They they still do it on. I don't know if it's every Sunday, but I think it's once a month or something. Hmm. I didn't know they moved, but it's not going to be the same. Not going to that same building. I know. Um, we actually went on Amy's birthday. Ah, it was it was pretty crazy. The day you Airbnb'd in like the '80s house. Yeah, yeah, that day. Nice. Hmm. I missed the church. I spent a lot of time there. My brother did, and by default, I did spend a bit of time there, too. Thursdays and Sunday nights. Yeah. You might even see my mom there. Yeah, I only went a couple of times. Wasn't That wasn't my scene, but, I mean, crowded places really aren't my scene. Samesies. <laughs> crowded places with vampires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. Mm, vampires. It was exactly my scene. And I my favorite was in the video bar. And just kind of sit in there and people watch for a while. Or in the main dance hall room, I would go up to the balcony and sit on one of those the high backed chairs like over. Oh the, yeah. That's what I that's floor. where I like to be was on that balcony looking down and, mm-hmm. and people watching. Because I wasn't yep. much of a dancer. But my brother, him and his friends would roll up in that place and man, they were just people were like flocking to them because they were like dressed like to the nines in mm-hmm. church gear. Did you dress up, Gary? I did a couple of times, but most of the time I didn't. Yeah. So like white shirts with black ties and little name tags (laughs) or. Yes. Hello, my name is Elder Price. (laughs) And I would like to share with you the most amazing book. (laughs) (laughs) It's called the Necronomicon. (laughs) Careful, it bites. Careful, it spits. (laughs) Uh, But anyway. So do you guys have any questions before we get started into our Vampire the Masquerade excursion? Lots, but they'll probably all get cut. I was going to say, same, lots, but uh, we'll probably figure it out, I guess. It's possible. I'm editing this one, so I may cut a lot out. We'll see. (laughs) Or some of the stupid stuff will stay in. It'll be me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's delve into our realm of vampires. The Embrace. There is no fear as your life is fading away. You feel an unexpected comfort in the arms of the being that is taking your life. You experience a surprising calm as it all disappears. Drop by drop, it takes your fears, your worries, your dreams your joy. Then, your conscience vanishes, and all that's left is blackness. You open your eyes. There's a lingering feeling that something is missing, but something else immediately overrides it. It's an electric purr that stirs your senses awake. Coming back from death is slow. You feel sluggish as you become aware of the room that you are in, the company you share. Above and around you are slow, swinging hunks of meat. Beside you are others, also escaping death's shore. As you begin to sit up, you feel it for the first time. Hunger. And you know, somehow, as you experience the terrible pangs of this hunger, that you're no longer human. 
As you open your eyes and you look around, you see that you are in a meat locker. And there are three other people with you. Go ahead and introduce yourselves and your characters. Let everyone know what clan you were playing. Uh, so the character I'm playing today is Zacharias, and he prefers to go by Zacharias. He is a member of the uh, Ventru clan. Am I saying that right? That is correct. Uh, and they're regarded often as the most arrogant of the clans. And uh, they admire uh, things that are excellent, expensive, and luxurious. And we have a rarefied taste when it comes to blood. He fancy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my character is uh, also, I forgot to mention, he is a third generation Mexican-American. And uh, he is, picture him kind of, um, he carries himself with a little bit of that arrogance of his of, of the clan, I guess, um, because he uh, he did uh, go to USC and graduate mag- magna cum laude, so there's that, and he is um, probably you know a little on the tall side. He's about six foot and trim, and uh, you know a fairly good looking dude. It's me. It's me, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's basically it's Philip. With the, the hair is actually, yes, the hair is Philip's hair with the nice long mane. I guess I will go next. Um, my character's name is Sam. Sam is uh, an Iraqi war vet, um, but I'm having him be from Europe, uh, some place in Eastern Europe where the accents muddle together because I'm bad at it, but uh, he is a Tremere. Uh, Tremere are uh, the kindred known as warlocks, and they hail from a centuries-old tradition of magicians and occultists. So, I got magical powers that I don't know about yet. Oh, that does sound Eastern European, sure. too. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Almost like gypsy um, blood. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that that's what I am. So, I'm an Iraqi war vet from unknown parts of Europe and I'm uh, I'm trying to avoid saying basic white guy how do I do that don't worry I got that covered <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's he's very you know dark haired um, he's got a beard he's got like kind of between scraggly and and, and uh, long you know that that in between um, he's wearing fatigues and uh, he's he's wondering what the hell he's doing here. It's me. You're playing me, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have fatigues. Also, you're a redhead. He has dark hair. Oh. Totally different. Say, you could be playing me, but I am fatigued, not wearing enough. <laughs> not wearing fatigue? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, my character is Emerson. He is the Malkavian clan. Um, the Malkavian are very eccentric and have little control over their actions and words. Um, and they're very chaotic. Um, they usually pose as seers, fortune tellers, or computer geniuses. Um, but they're constantly overwhelmed by the amounts of information they're getting from the, uh, sources around them. Um, my character is, uh, he wears an elegant suit because he's he's kind of fancy like uh, like Zacharias, and uh, he's you know six foot two, uh, got a nice 
nice brown hair, brown beard. Um, just uh, and he's a his background is he's a professional gamer that got old, and now he can't he can't hang with the fifteen year olds no more. So he's making a living in online poker. So he's trying to reinvent himself and make a living in online poker gaming. So is it arthritis that? Holds yeah, him man, back? that that wrist action, that finger action, just ain't just what it used to be. Twitch you know skills I mean? are gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not good, not good. Okay, so I'm playing Pope, and Pope is from the Gangrel clan, which makes him a feral. So he has fully embraced the being a creature of the night, a beast, um, a vampire. Um, so a little bit about Pope. Pope is a Appalachian native, uh, so he is somewhat of a country style person he had a rough life he did not uh grow up uh, in a normal household he went from foster home to foster home and when he eventually got out of foster home he ended up of course in prison um and when he uh, just got out that's when he got turned so pope is the kind of guy you see in jeans and a t-shirt and not much else he doesn't have anything a lot on him there's what about a, teeth? A, he has all his teeth, <laughs> but because well, two of them are at least fangs. Just had those two. <laughs> That's all he's got. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it'd be three. It'd be two fangs and one tooth in the middle. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I call it Chamba. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, so that's that's how I'm going to play Pope. Uh, and he's about 5'10". He's a white guy, uh, dark hair, light skin. That's about it. All right. Even as you all sit still in the cold, quiet room, and you start making out the shapes around you, you feel your first hunger. It is different from any hunger you have ever felt. Like a person starving to death who suddenly smells food. You sense the blood and you know that it will ease this terrible, hollow pain inside you. How will you deal with your first hunger? You smell blood and recognize it as exactly that. The aroma reaches out to you, sweet and tempting. Your eyes fall upon the meat hooks that decorate the room, searching for the choice meal that you are craving. There are whole animal carcasses hanging from the hooks. Pork. Cattle. And yet, your gaze locks onto one piece hung in the middle of the room. A brunette mop of hair dangles upside down, together with the stark realization of what your body craves. The corpse of a man wearing blue jeans and a t-shirt. You understand that there's more to this room, but right now, you can only focus on him. Now we will go over the introduction of the hunger mechanic from this game. So if you look at your character sheet, you should find a spot that says hunger. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we are using roll 20 for these, so your character sheet should be uploaded in there. should make sure you have at least two box checked off on the hunger scale. Okay. That means I'm really hungry. Mm -hmm. 
And then I'm going to need everybody to roll a single die. Ooh, cool. All right. So it looks like John has a success. Keith has a success. Woo-woo. Philip has a success. And Gary has zero successes. Oh, no, Gary. So those of you who succeeded, your hunger stays at two. Or Gary, your hunger goes up to three. Oh, that sounds like a success to me. <laughs> that, that sounds like going to Munchtown <laughs> yeah. to me. Right? He didn't get to eat his Wheaties this morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that check that we just made is called a rouse check. These checks must be used any time that there's a risk of gaining additional hunger. So your first check of every day will be a rouse check. So it's rousing your blood to, to wake up each day or each evening, I should say. Uh, and then you, anytime you use abilities such as blush of life, blood surge, or using any of your disciplines, you will also need to make a rouse check. And what this does, this hunger, whatever number of hunger dice you have, will replace some of your regular dice. So if you have a dice pool of six and you've got a hunger of two, you'll roll four regular dice and two hunger dice. And so that's going to affect what happens with your rolls. It may just be another success to your rolls. It could also mean that you, uh, like if you get a critical success on your hunger check, then it could mean the beast comes out. And in that case, the beast is the one that succeeded and not you. So it will change the way that something happens. So what's the most hunger dice that you might have to be rolling into your regular dice? Is I believe it everyone's four? got a maximum hunger of five. Oh, yeah, yep. five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And if that's the case, then the beast is just taking over completely, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, you've turned you've turned completely feral. <laughs> and the only... Oh, what am I kind right. <laughs> And the only way to get rid of your hunger completely is to kill one of your victims that you're feeding from. But in doing so, you will gain a stain on your humanity. Oh. So there will be moral repercussions. All right. So are we ready to continue? Yes, sir. Yes. Perfect. For the majority of you, those of you with two hunger dice, at first, you were drowsy from waking. But now the blood smell has snapped you into focus. You feel your first hunger significantly. Maybe just a small sip from the dead body would ease this newfound desire. Maybe the animals could give you enough sustenance to carry on. You can resist it if you choose. Maybe it's the shame of defiling the dead. How the others in the room would see you, or the dread of drinking blood that holds you back. Maybe you just surrender to your hunger. Beggars can't be choosers. And for Gary, with your three hunger dice, your hunger is coloring all of your thoughts, tainting everything that you see, hear, and smell. You're beckoned by the fresh body offered to you. Its blood smells stale, but there's also a sweetness to it. You want to drink, but what will the others think of you? Ah, That doesn't matter. What are you becoming? You may have to think about that later. Right now, feeding is what you want to do the most. What do y'all do? 
Well, I'm going to take a look around, and I'm 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 in a freezer with strangers and a dead guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I want to know who these people are, so I'm going to just who who are all you people? What are we doing in here? Well, I'm Pope, but uh, I didn't catch your name, Sam. I'm hungry and a tick on a teddy bear. I'm. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, so I'm mean, Zacharias. So he's like. So his hunger right now is just overpowering, basically. Basically, would it be you're, so much so very, that very he hungry. can't have the conversation, or he can still kind of like halfway focus on a conversation and then halfway focus on the body, or what? I would say you can probably still have the conversation, but your eyes don't break away from, like, the blood that you can potentially find in the room. So, like, you never make eye contact with the people you're talking to. Okay, that's what I was kind of thinking of something like that. So, Zacharias, he's going to start just kind of walking over to the body and just absentmindedly, like, I'm uh, I'm, I'm Zacharias. It's just... Do you, are you guys... Do you, do you smell that? Just it, it smells the amazing. I'm so hungry. I, s- I smell a lot of blood, and it's never had this effect on me. It is appealing. I. So I'm standing next to, I guess, a pig carcass. Mm-hmm. I smell it. Like it's, it might suffice. But something about it just... It isn't satisfying. Well, I'm definitely going to resist because I've never drank blood. Um, unless you count blood sausage. <laughs> He's probably had that. It's possible. But I, I, I will look at it longingly. But I'm going to wait for drive through. <laughs> All right. Pope caresses the pig with his hand, and then he licks his hand. You're going to get trigonosis. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Unclean. It's not quite right. But it's okay. (laughs) What about Emerson? What's he doing? I mean, Emerson is confused because all he wants is his money that he's owed. Which that's the last thing he remembers is like trying to get his money. But I want my two dollars. <laughs> I want my money. Um, but he's next to like a cow, and Emerson is definitely a fillet guy, right? A little fancy. So I think he's gonna, he's going to try a little bit of the cow, see if he can get something out of there to to cure the hunger. All right. So you bite into this hunk of cow. Trying to get to the blood that is inside. You taste the blood. You feel like you're drinking as much as you possibly can. But it doesn't satiate the hunger. Oh, he's drinking it. <laughs> what does it taste like? It's not good. It's It tastes old. Gross. So pretty much as soon as he, as he sees, as Zacharias sees Emerson do it, he he can't stand it, and he was he was concerned what everybody would think about him, but that just kind of broke him, and so he's just gonna go after this this body that he's been fixated on. 
you bite into this human body and it for a second tastes like what you want but then it quickly turns like sour and stale and you start to feel a little nauseous and so okay all right <clears throat> so he's just spits it i said like, does it so does that break my trance or am i still like your hunger hasn't been quenched at all you're still hungry but you've got your faculties about you okay this what was that this is awful and what am i what am i doing what why would i so hungry um i have a question Mm -hmm. do vampires know other vampires like would we that that body didn't satiate him would he like turn to us that's a good question uh his fangs would probably be out and so would Emerson's. And then Pope and Sam would probably realize that they their fangs are out as well. Well, yeah, I kind of licked my hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, this stuff tastes like a, about 10 miles of bad road. We got to find something better. I don't believe anybody here has said we need to get out. I think we need to get out. So I'm going to go try the door. Okay. Uh, Let's do some investigation checks to see if you can find your way through the door. Oh, something I know about. That sounds familiar. So investigation Hmm. plus. Let's roll your investigation plus your intelligence. So that's mine. I got three dots. Uh... Two green onks, one blue onks with stars, and a vampire man. Okay. So you got, uh, looks like, four successes on there. So you are able to find the door. There we go. Uh, You and Emerson are actually working together to search around. So, Sam, you notice the door... But because you're so hungry, in order to find it, you're basically, like, ripping some of these hunks of meat down as you go and, like, shoving them out of the way to get to the door. So I'm throwing a tantrum all the way to the door. Pretty much. (laughs) It's like me at dinner time. (laughs) Hangry. (laughs) And then Emerson, you also got enough successes looking around the room. What you notice is you see cameras in the ceiling that are functioning. It's very obvious that they're recording you. Mm. Like we're some kind of science experiment? Kind of. Only fangs? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh, man. And Pope, as you look around, you piece together that the body that's left just hanging there, the cameras in the ceiling. This is some sort of test. And back to Sam, as you get to the door, you realize the freezer door handle has been removed. Hmm. It's been removed and we can't... It's it's just... It's not lying on the ground. So what I want to do... 
is I look up at one of those um, vacant hooks mm-hmm. that I just made, and I want to see if I can rip it down and use it to pry the door open. Okay. Uh, it's attached to the ceiling, so let's do a athletics and strength check. So, uh, the dots, those aren't successes, but I did get one hungry success? What does that mm-hmm. mean? Uh, so with only one success, it wasn't enough to pull the hook down from the ceiling, but in the process of doing so, you let out this like ferocious growl, growl, grr and stuff. So did the rest of us notice this? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, I'm not very strengthy. So does anybody else have strength that they could help him? Trying to pull this. Uh, let down. me see if I can help. Ooh. I'm not sure that helps. Maybe if we all just hang on it and dangle from it. <laughs> I mean, it holds a cow. <laughs> I think it could hold four dudes. <laughs> all right. So with the, if you're working on the one that uh, that Sam was already, you know, pulling on, uh, you are able to loosen this one enough to to pull it down. Uh, but you two, you let almost like a wolf howl. <laughs> That's better than my growl. Sorry, I don't, don't so know what came over me there. So now you have a meat hook. Um, I'm going to try to use so, it to pick the lock on the door. Okay, so this will be a lock pick action. So a total of four successes. All right. So at that, you are able to easily use this meat hook as basically like a new door handle. And you open this door out of the freezer. Gentlemen, I suggest we leave. So uh, I've got my pistol, right? No. It, you do not have a pistol. Okay. Do I have my pocket change? <laughs> yeah. mm. You might have that. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't. Since I don't have the weapon, uh, I am going to use my army training and do the whole, you know, hand signals, moving down the hall. All right. So you're taking lead. Yes. All right. So as you all pile out of the frozen holding cell, you find yourself in a kitchen that is bright reasonably clean, and it features the type of equipment you'd expect in a high-end restaurant. The contrast with this meat locker you just exited may give you pause. As your eyes look for an exit, you find two. There's a set of doors that no doubt leads to the main room of the restaurant, and a side door with a green emergency exit sign. A guard seems to be patrolling the grounds and makes his way through those main dining room doors. Armed with a flashlight and a nightstick, the guard is wearing an ordinary uniform which seems to fit them badly. The look on their face suggests that they probably would like to be anywhere else but here. Then, they see you and shine their flashlight in your face. Emerson, this guard looks familiar to you. They're a distant relative. You remember their name. Parker. You haven't seen them in ages. 
Look in their eyes, show that they recognize you too. Emerson? He says, almost smiling. And then you remember that attacking you or your friends would never cross his mind. Hey, Parker, man. What's been going up? I haven't seen you in forever. Oh, yeah, it, it has. It has been a while. What are you doing here? Um, just just having dinner. I was looking for the restroom and I got lost. Oh, but we're not... We're not open. How'd you get in? They just, they just let me in. I don't know. They must have thought you were part of the, the catering crew. Uh, well, I mean, in this suit, I mean... It's pretty good. I don't know why they would think that, but oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, uh, maybe maybe they just they thought you're one of the the guests for. Are you the ne- are you guys guests to the next party? Yeah, we're we're a little early, um, because we wanted to. You know, we didn't want to be late. So. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but oh, you you work here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I, I I just got this job one of the only places that would hire me with all my convictions that I've had. But Tell me about it, brother. True, you haven't had a hard life. Yeah, it's been rough. But, I mean, they, they brought me on here and, uh, uh, so I, I you know, I, w- I would really like to, um, not get fired on my first day on the job. So, um, wait, were y'all in the freezer? Yeah, I, th- I thought that was the door to the bathroom, because I was just walking back here and and I've had a little to drink, so I was like, that's definitely the bathroom. It doesn't look anything like the bathroom door. I mean, bathroom doors are, I mean, different from place to place, so. Yeah, but I've never seen one with, a, like, the big metal door with, you know, the big latch handle on it. I thought this was, like, a themed restaurant, you know, where, like, they want to immerse you in, like, the restaurant experience. Yeah, a kitchen theme. Look, look, uh, buddy, we don't want to waste any more of your time, and, and we don't want you to get in trouble because obviously you've had a bit of a checkered past, but as you can tell by my friend and I, we're, you know, two fairly well-dressed gentlemen, we, we're we not going to be in trouble, and we're just going to get out of your way here and let you on your way. Oh, oh I, I, I appreciate that. Um, so, since, you know, they are still setting up in this party and everything, and you guys are early, I hate to ask and impose on you, but could you please go out that that back exit door, and not cut through the through the restaurant? I I, I don't want to get in trouble. Sure, I'm oh, yes, used to getting it going in and out the back door. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wait, um, now he knows I, what was going on I'm in the freezer. Isn't your name uh, in your name Pope? Yeah. Did you? Our, Serve at a place familiar to me? Uh, were you at the, um, oh, uh, wait, do I recognize you from the Dallas County Jail? I've been there on occasion. That's where it is. That's where it is. Yeah, that's where I last, uh, that's where I was. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised to see you here. Congrats on getting out, too. Thanks. I didn't uh, take your ones, did I? You know, Ed, if you did, it's fine. You, I probably gave you cigarettes or something. And All right, that's cool. It's whatever. Good to see you, brother. You, you too. You too. Emerson looks over um, and kind of shoves Gary, and he's like, man, we got some, got a little, 
A ruffian here. Yeah, Zacharias has definitely picked up on that. As they're standing there talking, Zacharias looks at Parker and has this vague sense of familiarity with him as well. You start piecing together where you might have seen him before. And you remember some of these high-end parties that you used to go to and someone selling drugs at these parties. And it clicks. He was the one selling the drugs. We got into that yayo. <laughs> that vampire yayo. <laughs> so while y'all are having your moment with Parker, I am scanning this kitchen because I am looking for a knife. I know that we're about to exit, but I don't have the pistol that I had. So a, do I see anything that I can pick up? Give me another investigation look. Investigation roll. <laughs> Not an investigation look. Give me an investigation roll. Boom. Ooh, I found like a chef's knives. Yeah, you, you find a whole rack of knives. <laughs> He's got his own cut co starter set. <laughs> yeah, well, while while they're talking to that guard, I am going to slip one into my pocket. Alright, so you now have a knife. Alright. Well I guess we would tell Parker, hey, we don't want to get you in trouble, so yeah, we'll go out the back and we'll wait till this party starts. Oh, perfect. I I, I appreciate that. And you hear a noise behind you. You turn around and you see outlined against the light of the kitchen, you see a silhouette of a very tall man with a powerful build. He steps into the light and you can see that he wears a well-cut modern suit and that he stands calm and confident. But he also looks as surprised to see you as you are to see him. He smiles allowing you to see his fangs. He's a vampire like you. Well, well, well. Seems to be my lucky night. My name is Marcus Dean, and I'm very happy to meet you. Oh, um, young man, uh, security guard. Yeah, yeah, you. I'm going to need you to walk back into that main dining room and forget we were ever here. And as he says this, his eyes glow red for a second. And Parker turns around and walks back into the main dining room without a word. Bro, you got you got some mind control or something? Yeah, something like that. Uh, some of you guys may have the same abilities too. Depends on what bloodline you got. But we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, we should probably leave. Uh, my, my driver will arrive here in a few minutes. Since the Second Inquisition could get here at any moment now, I need to know what you know. What do you remember? I know nothing. Uh, I don't remember anything. I remember waking up in the freezer. That's it. Don't remember anything about your embrace? or uh, That's what we call being uh, you know, turned into a vampire. This vampire thing is real? Yes. Yeah, it is. Uh, you, you may hear it from time to time referred to as being kindred or uh, being called, um, uh, well, this one's a little weird, but, you know, sometimes we call ourselves licks. I'll explain why here in a minute. This is just, this is crazy. This is, this is crazy. I have these movies and children's stories. Oh, 
I, I understand. But I mean, there there is some stuff to know, and we can get through that really quickly. Uh, just real quick before the driver gets here, I'll explain more once we get in the car. But uh, do, do any of you remember anything about the circumstances of you being turned or uh, who did it? I remember playing a poker game against this weird fella. And I, I took all his chips and he bet me his soul. And then I lost that hand. And he jumped across the, the table and he bit me. I see. I see. Uh, do you remember much after that? All I remember is hearing footsteps. And then I was staked by a former rival of mine from my video game days. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Any of the rest of you, you remember anything? I just remember somebody following me. He was dressed in black, tall and slender. I just, I can't place a face. This is weird. And it was, it was strange and weird, but it was oddly reassuring. Okay. It's okay. weird. They knew me from Iraq. They knew me from my duty. Wow. All right, all right. Anything else? No, this is weird. The only... I was in the woods. I was being hunted by something. It eventually found me. And, well, then I was bit. I... I, I was sitting at a table, and I, I... I don't know the people there. They were talking in a... In a language I couldn't understand, or I... I, I don't remember. I only have flashes now that you guys are talking about this, and I, I felt, even though I couldn't understand it, I felt a kinship with them, and they had—I could tell—they they were very well to do, and and I liked that about them. And there was—it was nice, but it felt wrong at the same time. And before I knew it, I felt my neck. I think you know what happened, and it was oddly kind of nice. And, and then I was. Next thing I know, I, I, I wake up and I'm. So then I, I had woken up and I, you know, I cleaned myself up and I, I was. They, they told me they'd tell me what was going to happen, but then all of a sudden there was heavy footsteps and I started to realize where I was it was a hotel and it, nobody had a chance to say anything they just said they're after us run and I jumped out the window just as the door got kicked in and it's odd that Sam mentions the military because they were dressed something like that with lots of armaments hmm. I see well you guys are what we call neophyte vampires. You're, you're newly turned. So it's it's very common for you to not get all of your memories back at one time. It's that whole process of coming back from the dead. Now, I've heard some rumors about this second Inquisition safe house on my turf. I didn't realize it was one of their population control facilities. Now, this the second Inquisition is bad news for all of us kindred. If you've ever heard of the original Inquisition, picture that, but with the support of modern governments and using state-of-the-art technology and weaponry to hunt us down. 
They're out to destroy every last one of us. But they also want to study us, which is why they don't always kill us immediately. I assume that's why they left you here, to collect you later. To study you before they destroy you. So they're probably either nearby or on their way to check in on you right now. If you would rather stay out of their hands, then follow me. What are you doing here? Look, I came to collect you guys. You don't have to ask me twice. I'm out of here. But how did you know we were here? Yeah. It's it's a long story. And again, we'll get into more of this stuff later. It's all about the factions and how we know. And you'll hear more on that later. But just follow me. All right, let's go. He guides you through the kitchen to the back door of the restaurant and ushers you to the alley behind the building. As you're waiting for the the car to arrive, he says, Now, we don't have a lot of time. The, The Inquisition could be here at any moment, but I want you to get some facts about what has happened to you. You have been embraced. Again, that is what we call when you become one of us. I don't know when it happened or why, but after your embrace, you were captured by the Second Inquisition. I'm assuming they were keeping you alive to interrogate you later. Or some sick kind of experiment. This Second Inquisition exists only to eliminate us. They have already destroyed a lot of our infrastructure. Luckily, we have a few places that aren't compromised. We keep them in the dark by enforcing the masquerade. If you make it through tonight, you can go to the Red Star to get better intel on kindred society. Now, this masquerade that I talk about, we don't allow mortals to know of our existence. You can imagine what would happen if we did, right? We call this massive cover-up the masquerade. If people talk about us, the Inquisitors show up. Our survival depends on keeping this secret, and I expect all of you to honor it, now that you're one of us. He pauses and then lowers his voice even more. If you don't keep the secret, we'll know. And I will be very, very unhappy about it. Do you get my meaning? Good. Now, something else to know. I just used one of our mind abilities on that guard in there. Don't worry. You'll be fine. We don't want humans to know about our existence. And our our blood, which we often call Vitae or Vitae, however you want to say it, gives us a vast array of abilities that we can use. Some of these powers are common to all of us, while others are unique to some of us. As you may have experienced, you can improve your capabilities and make yourself appear more alive. It's called the blush of life and perform other wondrous feats. Many of these actions, however, come at a cost. The hunger always beckons, and with it, the beast. Lurking within our vitae, there's a beast that calls to us. The hungrier we get, the more we lose our mortal attachment. The stronger the beast grows, it can even force us to act in ways that we don't like and can't explain. Be careful and try to avoid letting your beast into the driver's seat, okay? Now, the only way to keep that blood lust down is to feed off the blood of the living. 
Anything else tastes bitter, and you will not be able to hold it down, let alone gain any sustenance from it. Hunger is your new best friend and worst enemy. Enhancing your capabilities, making yourself look alive, using any of your powers, or even waking up every night can make you hungry. You'll have to manage your hunger. Feeding too much or too little can ruin you, and even get you killed. Now, you have any questions? So, do I fear garlic, sunlight? Ah, no. Oh, are we allowed into places that we've never been? Those are good questions. Don't let vampire fiction fool you, kids. Most of it is just that. Fiction. Steaks won't kill you. So we can go to the beach. Not. Hold up. Okay. Steaks won't kill you, but they can paralyze you. Old superstitions like mirrors and entering a home uninvited, garlic and crossing running, running water, none of those are true. Crosses have no effect on us. I've heard of some mortals who can somehow turn them into weapons against us, but I've never seen it myself. Now, what you need to avoid is the sun. Daytime is a death sentence, followed closely by fire. Now, if you don't let any of those get close to you, you're pretty much immortal. Any other questions? When we quench this hunger, is it... Do we have to kill somebody? Ah, that's another good question. So, mortals are going to be your primary target for feeding, and as an apex predator, you have the tools to do that. And he points to his fangs. Feeding on humans doesn't usually hurt them. In fact, it puts them into a sort of trance and erases all the important details of you from their minds. Mortals can get addicted to it, though, just like you can get addicted to feeding. Play it smart. Take only what you need. Remember to lick the wound after feeding. It will erase the marks. And don't take the last drop. You'll know when they're getting close to death. But if you take their life, it'll almost make the beast happier. And we don't want that beast to be happy. So, so, so why are they after us? I don't get it. We're, we're not killing uh, for the most part. We're, we're just trying to live our lives. And, and I mean, they kind of like it, you know. They see us as apex predators. Top of the food chain. That scares them. They think we're just beasts. They think we've lost all of our humanity. So they hunt us down, and they kill us. If we feed off of somebody, will they become one of us? No. They have to be near the point of death, and then they have to feed from you. So there's a whole process on Siren and other vampires. Just, just feeding on somebody will not automatically turn them. That's one of those folklores. Can I have a familiar? Now, in familiar, you mean like, like a ghoul? More like a servant, somebody that can, you know, pick up my dry cleaning or... Ah, so, a ghoul. So, we, we call them ghouls. We give them just a little taste of our blood, and then they are usually available for, you know, keeping us protected and doing our daytime errands and allowing us to feed off of them. So, I take it the whole bat thing is also another one of those deals that we don't do? There are some. There's a clan known as the Gangrel Clan. 
that uh, has been known to turn into bats. But not all of us can do that. Dang. That would have been You're sweet. a gangrel? That would have been sweet. I am not. I am a Ventrue. And how do we and figure Ventrues out... Ventrues have the mind control? Yes. It is an ability known as dominate. And how do we figure out our abilities or, or where we even... What clan we belong to? We can figure that out as we go, as you can figure out your sire. Once more of your memories are unlocked, you'll be able to understand more of where you come from. Now, if there are no more questions, the uh, the driver is coming up. <clears throat> as he says that, the sound of an approaching vehicle cuts the conversation short. Marcus's driver has arrived, and he smiles in relief. Black SUV appears at the end of the alley and tires screeching against the road as the driver brakes hard. She looks tense. We have to move, sir. She cautions her employer nervously. They're on to me. Marcus urges you all to get into the car. And he makes sure he's the last one in. Let's go! So, so, this car, since it's back home, I'm picturing like a a truck car? Like a truck limousine? Okay. Could it be a truck limousine? Like the truck be. nuts? <laughs> well, <laughs> truck, truck nuts aren't as classy, but as I'm, a truck limo. I'm thinking this is more like but, an Escalade. Uh, with truck nuts? I mean, can, Are we all going to fit? It can be whatever y'all want it to be, but I will say with it being in Texas, it is. it does have the big longhorn horns on the front. Ah, uh, and the truck nuts. Uh <laughs> 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 so we were trying to be inconspicuous we were trying to blend in with all the other yeah. yes exactly. totally fits y'all let's get in <laughs> <laughs> alright so as you all get in you can look behind you and see that there is a white van that seems to be following you as y'all continue moving Marcus hands each of you pistols and says you may need these for protection you make your way through the town, heading toward the deep Elm part of town. He says, now, I know you're probably hungry right now. I want to take you someplace to feed. I've got a good idea of where I can drop you off. Is it on Swiss and Good Latimer? <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> I heard not anymore, though. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> it is on out on Main Street. Or no, Elm, I think. On Elm? Well, all right, then. Still in the deep Elm area, at least. Mm -hmm. Well, as Marcus hands me the gun, I'm going to say, Pope will say, well, this just deals my pickle. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well. This is going to be like Call of Duty. (laughs) I think we'll we'll drop you off along the way, and I I think they'll follow us while you get out of here. So I, I know of a good spot where I can drop you off. It's within my territory, and you'll... You'll have the opportunity to grab a bite there. <laughs> bite. Yeah. Now, if you had sires, they would be your lifelines tonight, but you'll have to make do with me and my support system. Now, get somewhere safe, make sure you are fed, and avoid the sunrise. He punctuates those last three words with a hand gesture. I'll be at the Red Star tomorrow. I hope you can make it too. He hands over a disposable cell phone with a, without a touchscreen. Instead, it has a little keypad with buttons and a small screen. Now, this phone is old and a little safer than a smartphone. 
The Inquisition shouldn't pick up your calls. Hit the redial button to reach an ally of mine if you get into any serious trouble. She'll help if you mention my name. Do not, and I repeat, do not use it to call your family or your friends. You have to assume that the Second Inquisition has already tapped their phones. Don't visit any of your usual hangouts for the same reason. As the driver stops the car, he doesn't say goodbye, but instead just looks back and gestures at you to hide as you leave the car. You're left standing where Marcus has dropped you off. It was a close call, but you managed to hide before the Inquisitors in the van could spot you. Everything starts to sink in. What you are. What you just learned. How's all this make you feel? Why are the vampires operating in 1990 with these little nasty cell phones? I was gonna. I was gonna say if we ever get a call on this, the foley should be that. Yeah, we're playing Snake on it. You know, running the battery down. But we could use it as a weapon. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's basically indestructible. True. But yeah, I. I mean. It's it's just this mix of survival and uh, uh, curiosity and just do go to the next thing. He told us to go here, here, and here. So, I mean, that's what where I'm at. I'm I'm military training. I just got orders. I need to follow those orders. Pope's willing to go along with it. He feels like this is okay. It's better than a life of well, prison. It's fair. Yeah, Emerson's treating it like a video game, and he he's you know a survival video game where he has to stay alive. So he's used to this. He's played this before. Zacharias doesn't know exactly how he feels. He he's he's a little nervous. He doesn't like the uh, not being in control part. That the hunger's like that he that he felt that right off the bat. So he kind of knows a little bit about that, and he's you know he's a little weirded out by what he did. And uh, so he's a little scared about that. But there's a little bit of him that's always known he was destined for greatness. So he's thinks this might just that there's a little there's a secret part of him that that's curious about it. That's like, okay, this could be interesting. Well, as you you all turn around and see where Marcus has dropped you off, you see a club behind you with the big sign out front that says Club Violet. Loud, bass-heavy industrial music spills out onto the street as the scent of cloves and tobacco hangs in the air. Inside, strobe lights cut through the room where Dallas's counterculture stomps, sways, and swoons to the newest industrial sounds. Twisty stairs lead up to another smaller room where the DJ plays slower and more romantic dark wave. A back door on the first floor leads out onto a patio surrounded by a tall wooden fence with benches and flower-filled planters creating hidden corners where club doors can smoke and gossip in semi-privacy. Y'all think they're going to play any Reba? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that she had industrial hits. (laughs) I've heard her sing Halo, though. Well, you didn't know Fancy was a, you know, industrial hit. Yeah. Fancy one chance years, you don't let me down. You haven't heard the death metal version of Fancy. (laughs) 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 Sam, you see a young guy, his 
university blazer makes him stick out like a sore thumb. The fact that he's recording everything on his phone makes it worse. It's clear that nobody likes this guy. He puts the camera up in your face. What do you do? I move it aside, you know, just like this, just to get into his face and say, what are you recording? I'm, I'm following this girl that I know, and I'm, I'm recording her as part of this, like, tasteless prank. I, I, I'll, I'll stop, but I, I really like her, though, you know? Like, where, where is she? Which one is she? See the, the, the one up there with the long, dark hair, skinny, wearing the, you know, the flowy kind of almost like a robe-type outfit? That could be literally anyone in here. But that one right there. Like, follow, follow my finger. See? Right there. No, well, not that, that one. one. The one beside. No, not that one. Okay, the one with the lazy eye. <laughs> eh, I don't know if you call it lazy. But is, is the, she got a headband on? Yes, that, yeah, that, that, that's the one. That's the one. That's the one. That's the, really? That's the one you choose? Okay. Oh. So... so What's your end goal? Just to record her? I, I, I want her to like me, but she doesn't. She's. You know what? You know what? I. To get the girls to like me, I do record them too. You do? No, that's not right. What are you doing? Oh. <laughs> well, how am I supposed to know? I'm like I'm new at this. Let's. You, you, c c come with me. We're gonna practice. Come on. Come on. Do you need a drink? Uh, make a persuasion check. Add charisma. With charisma? Cool. There it is. Look at all them successes. Oh, you are very successful. So, Zacharias, as the others have made their way looking throughout the, the club, you make your way into the video bar. And sitting on the couch, you see a woman. The couch is her throne. The queen of the Violet Club meets with those willing to pay her respects before taking the dance floor. Do you request an audience? I think he's going to... So, so oh, sorry, What? so she is about to go on the dance floor? She's sitting on one of the couches, just kind of like holding court. Okay. And compared to everyone else here that's just dancing and moving around, she looks like she's like an elite here. Gotcha. He's going to go... He's going to lock eyes with her, but he's not going to go over to her yet. He's just going to go over to the bar and uh, throw out the vibe. Okay. Give me a persuasion check. Alright. Mm -hmm. So as you stand by the bar getting a drink making eye contact with her. She notices you. She's drawn to you for some reason. And as someone is sitting beside her in the middle of a conversation, she just gets up and starts making her way over to you. I don't believe that we have met. Are you new here? Well, I've, uh, you know, I'm from around. I'm trying to think of what to say. What would be, a, be good to say? Uh... Here's your one chance fancy going <laughs> down. Well, yeah, I'm, uh, not been here before. Hmm. 
feel like I've seen everyone who's been here before. What's your name? Zacharias, and what's your name? Magenta. Oh, that's an interesting name. Yes, it's uh, unique to say the least. You look like a man who uh, has exquisite taste. I uh, look down at my watch and I, I do like the finest things. Hmm. As do I. Tell me about yourself. Why have I not seen you here before? I feel like I would have noticed you. Well, I've been, you know, out of town. I just got back from some business, so decided to stretch it out and hang out with a couple of pals. I see. Not many people come into this portion of the bar. They, they like to go over there into the dance floors or out on the back patio. What drew you in here? I don't know. This was just, uh, seemed like the place I needed to be at the time. I just felt oddly, oddly compelled to come and see what I could see. Hmm. Perhaps you were drawn here to meet me? If not, I'm sure glad that I had the chance. Agreed. What do you say we go up to the VIP room upstairs? I would. <clears throat> How would he say it in kind of a smooth way? <laughs> Not like, yes, please, ma'am. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's just keep it simple. Um, yeah, I was uh, just thinking the same. This place is uh, getting a little boring anyway. See what we can find up there. Hmm. I like your style. She takes you by the hand and she walks you up the spiral staircase up to the second level. You've passed by a row of high-backed armchairs overlooking the balcony, and there's a door at the end of the walkway that you wouldn't have noticed if she didn't point it out. It's just right through here. Lead the way. She takes you through the door. As you go inside, it's not just a VIP room. You're the only two in here. Now, the, the club has its perks, but it can be a little loud. thought you might want some privacy. I'm definitely not complaining. And she slowly starts to disrobe. Oh. Oh, oh dang. My. Yeah, Pope is definitely ready to feed. He will he'll wander around the back of the area, not the dance floor, just off to the side. As you're off to the side, you you kind of see someone on the dance floor. His shoes, his watch, and his phone point out that he very much does not belong here. While he has some moves, he has to stop and catch his breath like every five minutes. So you found yourself a big boy. Alrighty. No zipper teeth. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Do you approach him? Is he coming off the dance floor or is he still on the dance floor? He's coming off to get some water. I'll move over to intercept him as he comes off the dance floor. And when he does come off the dance floor, I'll say, Dude, you putting off enough sweat to start a swimming pool. How you been? Uh, I know. I uh, <sighs> haven't danced like this in a long time. Whew. You look like you need a drink. Come on over here with me. We'll go get one. Uh, thanks. I'll buy him a beer and I'll get one too. Thanks for this. So, uh, come out of this place often? 
No, this is my first time. Yeah, mine too. Seems pretty cool, though. Mine too. I, uh, yeah, recently divorced, and uh, I'm trying to reconnect with, you know, my sense of youth. Uh, I used to frequent the goth community a lot, but, uh, whew, became a dad now, so, so. I imagine this guy looks like what Marilyn Manson looks like now. It's okay to have a little fun. Just don't let the kids know about it. <laughs> right. I mean, they're staying with their mom anyway, so she got full custody. But whatever. That's okay. You get to see them on weekends. That's the best, best time. So, what brings you out? I just wanted to check the place out, see what kind of people are out, and just have a little good time. All right. Right on. Sounds good. Uh, I'm Barry, by the way. Hey, Barry. You can call me Pope. Pope? It's huh. a, a unique name. Yeah, don't worry, I ain't religious. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Whew. Maybe we should go outside and cool off a bit, man. You're, you're still putting off a lot of heat. I think that's a good idea. Come on with me. All right, all right. You guys go outside to that patio area as well. Find yourself a nice secluded spot. All right. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm just uh, chilling around the dance floor. Just uh, kind of grooving. You're kind of grooving around the dance floor, and you, uh, you see a guy sitting at the bar, just staring into his bourbon. He's, his body shaking. Definitely doesn't belong here, but he doesn't care. He's, looks like he's kind of in shock. Okay. Uh, I walk over to him, put my hand on his shoulder, and say, "You all right, bud?" Uh, no, no, not really. What's going on? Oh, so. Okay, I don't know why I'm just telling you this, but so I'm, I'm a cab driver, right? And tonight this this bike just crossed right in front of me. I I, I couldn't stop in time. I that they're in the hospital, and it's all my fault. I I just I can't stop seeing their face just hitting my car. Yeah, man, that's crazy. No wonder you're shook up. I don't know if I can get back in the car. I mean, it's your livelihood, though. You've got to, right? I, I, yeah, but I, I don't know. I just, I need to forget. I need to forget this whole night. I just, I need to forget. All right. I mean, that sounds like a good idea. Called over the bartender. Uh, we get shots. Mind erasers. Shot, shot, shot. shot. There you go. <laughs> Everybody. You guys just do shot after shot. Well, he does shots. You kind of just toss yours behind you each time. Right. Yeah, he doesn't notice. Yeah. Finally starting when to When you feel. hit some guy in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally getting into a place of feeling really good, and he's getting, like, he, like leaning on you for support. Yeah, I, so glad that you just came over to talk to me, because I, I, I was, I don't know what I was going to do tonight. I just, I was in a dark place. Yeah, man. I mean, I was concerned about you. You were over here shaking and making no eye contact with anybody. I was worried. Well, thank you for... How many shots did we do? I mean, this is like three shots, I think, or something. Three or four. And you're still just standing there like nothing happened. I mean... Yeah, I'm a professional. It's a, it's a long story. Um, my youth, I used to drink a lot. Teach me your ways. 
Well, I mean, if you're hitting people on a motorcycle, probably not the best to be drinking a whole lot. Hey, man, not cool. Not cool. <laughs> Um, but speaking of that, do you, I mean, do you, is your car here? Do you need a ride home? I mean, I think my car's here. I don't, did I park my car here? Did I drive here? I don't remember. You don't remember? Let's, let's go out in the parking lot and see if we can find your car. Good idea. Which way is the parking lot? Let's, okay. I just kind of grab him. <laughs> And like lead him out. Okay. You've all fed. You're all back down to just one hunger. I like that feeling. Now that you have satisfied your need for blood, you become aware of another new sensation. Your beast senses the approaching sunrise, and you feel a creeping languidness. The first signs of the deep slumber that you sense will fall upon you soon. You must find a safe place to spend the day where the deadly sun cannot find you. And you must find it quickly. The phone rings. <laughs> uh, hoi hoi. Old Nokia ringtone. Go for it. <laughs> so which one of us actually carried the phone? I feel like it was uh, Sam. Was it or okay. not? Oh, you you clearly do not hand anything of value to Pope. I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> Is that of value, though? <laughs> that of value. Huck that bad boy for a dollar. You betcha. All right. So I will... Uh, I'll answer it. Hello? Marcus? No, this is not Marcus. Who is this? It's a friend of Marcus. He gave me this phone. Who is this? It's a friend of Marcus. Uh, he gave uh, me this phone. Uh, yeah, I got that part. But what's your name? Sam. Sam. Okay. Where are you? Where's Marcus? Marcus had to leave. Who is this? Who am I speaking with? This is Jackie. I'm a friend of Marcus's. So, he just left you this phone? He did. He left us. We were being followed. By who? I don't know. Do you know? It's not a very helpful answer. But do you know? Oh, I think I know. But Sam, do you that know? Was them. Sam, who is it? I'm well. <laughs> it's Jackie. Oh my god, Jackie. Who is that? <laughs> so you know Marcus? Yes. I was going to come pick him up. Well, you can come pick us up. I don't even know who you are. I'm Sam. Sam who? Sam the rhymes with vampire. <laughs> okay. So you're Kindred. Yes. Newly Kindred. Newly. Oh, you're you're that neophyte group he was telling me about. Yes, the freezer buddies. Alright. Where are you? I'm coming to get you. We are at uh, what was the club's name again? Club Violet. Club Violet. So is is yeah, is Freezer Violet. Buddies our group name? <laughs> <laughs> Frozen Stiffs. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> we are Club Violet. How will we know you? I'll be in a black SUV. You'll recognize it. No, not that black SUV. 
So not the one with the horns. Okay, so maybe that SUV. <laughs> it's got a whole fleet of longhorn SUVs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, just just be out front, okay? Okay. About ten minutes pass, and another black SUV with the the longhorns on the front pulls up. Get in, losers. <laughs> We're going shopping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we get in. I get in. All right. So hi, everyone. I'm Jackie. I'll be driving you to the Red Star. So before we get there, you have fed tonight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. Good, good, good. We don't want you going crazy on us. Now, uh, as you'll notice, we're approaching sunrise. It's probably why you're getting tired and can barely remember anything right now. So we'll need to sleep. Now, when you sleep... As far as the mortals can tell, we're dead during the day. We're corpses. Waking up is extremely difficult, and we can only do it for a few minutes. And then only if the situation is truly dire. Now, take good care, or you'll wake up the next night in a body bag or at the morgue. That's if you wake up at all. So you'll have to find a safe place to stay long term. Somewhere that no one knows about. Only feeding is more important than a safe place to rest each day. But just barely. So remember, we cannot handle the sunlight. Even indirect sunlight will hurt us. And it drives your beast crazy with fear. Wherever you sleep, it's got to be perfectly lightproof. Car trunks, hotel bathrooms, those work in an absolute must. But there's always the risk that some mortal will open the door and then you'll just toast. Literally. So, I'm going to take you tonight to the Red Star. It's a local hangout for some of us. It's a temporary shelter. You can stay here for at least the coming day. Nah, crap. They're following us. Who? Look, that white van. It's following us. You see it? I'm going to lead over to somebody. Is that the same van that was following before? It looks like it. Looks similar. Ah, so you know these guys, huh? We don't know them. We just know that we had to lose them. Yeah, my guess it's the second Inquisition. They're coming for you. Well, us. They're coming for all of us. But they probably are following you. So, uh, uh, I'm gonna try to lose them, but, uh, looks like their their van's faster than my SUV. So, um, look, Marcus gave you guns, right? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so I would use this opportunity to shoot. Let's do it. Yeah. No, I'm, I am popping my head out that moonroof. No problem. Don't worry, Jesse will take care of this train. <laughs> All right, so we've got Sam popping out of the moonroof on the top. Y'all, the rest of y'all, just looking out the side windows, or someone else sharing the moonroof. I say, I'm going out the driver's side window. Okay, <laughs> he's just crawling over the driver. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm to the back, to the back seat. Zacharias, <laughs> so, which window you want? Uh, let me pop out the. The moonroof, I guess, also. Okay. Well, then I'll I'll jump out or jump out. I'll uh, <laughs> pop out the passenger side window. So you. Do we all have the exact same skill? <laughs> I'm out to speed. <laughs> <laughs> Do we all have the same skill with the uh, with guns, or is it like what well, some of us are better than others, or what? Maybe. What you got? Uh, four dice. On firearms. Oh. Attack. Four dice. Pistol plus two damage. Oh. I only got three what dice. Is, for your firearm says four? Uh, it says attack. Uh, four dice. Oh, see, I got six dice. 
Oh. I got five. It says pistol plus two damage. Yeah. Yeah. And then we roll it with composure, right? <clears throat> yes, with composure. Oh. So firearms plus composure. Here we go. Yeah, Emerson's all all his uh video games have led him for this moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? All oh, that yeah. Call of Duty has finally paid off. Totally ready. Right. So Emerson fires out the passenger side window. Was best friend's ride? Yeah. <laughs> you don't want no scrubs. Nope. And he fires and he shoots off the driver's side mirror in the car. Yeah. Good luck looking behind you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next up is Zachariah firing from the moon roof. Uh, you fire and you basically hit right through the middle of like the the windshield. And it nicks the arm of the passenger. Oh. It's in the car. <clears throat> then Pope fires. Pope fires. And he takes out one of the tires oh. of the car. Uh, the car is kind of going a little wobbly. Skirt, skirt. And then as Sam shoots, he goes right through the windshield as well. And shoots the driver square in the head. Oh, oh dang. Sammy boy. So Take that, Biatch. Is that little <laughs> skull thing like a head headshot <laughs> indicator? That is a bestial success. Oh. So the beast came out and aimed right for that forehead. So in the process of killing this guy, Sam needs to mark a stain on his humanity. <gasps> Oh, it's not just by humanity. draining their blood. Ooh, you so dirty. All right, I stained my humanity. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you've taken out the wheel, and you've taken out the driver. So they pull back you for now. you wounded a passenger. You wounded a passenger. So they pull back for now, and you're able to get away. So if the car goes out of control and the passenger gets killed in a crash, does Sam take another stain against his humanity? <laughs> uh, Maybe. <laughs> <clears throat> and he only took that like killing in self-defense it isn't what gets the stain is the fact that to do so the beast came out so it's the hunger oh die. okay yeah, don't worry there's humanity 409 we'll be using that <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is a good question though can you get your humanity back or is it just a one-way track yeah we'll we'll go over that after the next section oh, okay sorry so <clears throat> all right so you're able to pull away from the the van and get some ground, and you make your way to the Red Star. Butting up against a freeway overpass, the Red Star is a dingy two-story bar. This is the kind of place where drinks are unpretentious, mostly beer and bourbon. The fanciest cocktail one can order here is a Jack and Coke. A no-nonsense brunette wearing jeans and a leather vest introduces herself as Sage, a fellow kindred, and leads you to the bar's windowless storeroom where threadbare sheets cover thin hospital mattresses. I can sleep here. Um, like I'm exhausted, so just get some rest. I'll have questions. We'll answer them tomorrow. Do you need anything from me? Who wants cuddle buddies? <laughs> Look, that's whatever y'all do, that's up to you. It's not my thing. You know anything else? Should have stayed with Magenta. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we have any questions right now. We're just really tired. 
Yeah, no, we're sleepy. All right, fine. Then, uh, yeah, just just get some sleep. You all bed down for the night. You fall into almost like a death-like sleep. Except for one of you. One of you begins to have vivid dreams of being near a campfire. The winter has been rough, and having somewhere to warm up your hands feels like a luxury. You've gotten used to the sounds of the woods. They don't scare you anymore. Near the road is miles away, and you hear a branch cracking behind you. It's just a few steps away, and you know they're back. You've felt them for weeks, but you've never seen them. Now they stand directly in front of you in all their monstrous glory. A walking wolf. Half human, half aberration. They get closer. You're petrified. You're being smelled. The cruel jaws hint at a smile right before closing over your neck. Then... The monster turns into a human being right before your eyes. Naked. Dirty. Cold. Still glorious. You can feel your body changing. You're becoming something new. You're equally excited and repulsed. You have so many questions, but you respect the silence. Pope, what does this creature look like? He's a large person. His skin is on the darker side he's tanned he has dark hair very bushy very hairy he tends to be and look almost feral in the way that he looks he's totally stained with mud in several different areas he is of the wild he's <laughs> glorious <laughs> he has power you notice that he stays away from the fire, and you feel you should do the same. You spend hours staring at each other, learning each other's body. Not a word is said. The monster takes you to a cave before sunrise, and you both sleep, covered in heavy furs. But here's where the memory changes. In your memory, when you woke up, he was gone. But now... He's still here with you. Come find me. Uh-oh. That was perfectly mm -hmm. timed. <laughs> perfectly timed, Dixie. Perfectly timed. Pope looks at him and says, Where are you? I can't tell you right now. But you'll find out soon enough. For now. Just focus on finding me. I will. You just hear one last echoing, Fine. And we'll see you next time for part two. Oh, part two. Spooky.